Father. Praise the Son. Praise the Spirit. Three in one. Um, so often Sunday could be like church o'clock. Ten o'clock Sunday morning could be church o'clock. Tick that. I've done my religion. I've done my church duties. And, um, and so often we can just miss um, what God wants to do. And um, what I'm glad about this morning is that you've received me. Um, but also what I'm glad about is you made the decision to come to worship this morning to encounter the living God. How many know when we're out in the week, you're encountering all sorts of voices, you're encountering all sorts of ideas, you're encountering all sorts of like cultures that are out there that are bombarding you with their message. And today's the one day we get to recenter ourselves and go, actually, I'm a believer in Jesus Christ and in His saving grace. And this is why the world needs you. Can you just give me a wave if in the last six months you've joined Equipus Church Timaru? In the last six months. Wow. Can we, I know you've welcomed them into your home, but can on my behalf, can we welcome our friends? Welcome, welcome, welcome. Like, I, like you, have a story about how God has brought me to the family. And, and, and we all know, right? Like, everyone has been here for like two, three years. We're all like, oh, I had this moment, this one day that we talk about. And where we, we go, wow, I just spoke to people this morning. It's like, I stepped in and I found myself at home. Now, if you've been here for a while, like, it's like just walking in and out of your house and picking up the keys, taking the kids, next thing, next thing, next thing. But can we just have a moment of just recognizing that there are people in the room that if it wasn't for this house, they'll still be searching. If they hadn't found home, they're still wandering around. And I know that people can waste up to five to 10 years of their lives trying to find connection and finding home. I've got people in my church today who've done at least seven years of wandering around and not finding a place. You know what happens is, because people make the decision to come. I'm not preaching yet. People make the decision to come and they put themselves out there going, oh, will someone talk to me? What I love, love, love about our house is that we carry a culture of, we're, we're not thermometers. You've heard that saying? We're not thermometers because we don't simply just read the temperature of the room. We, Equipus Church, we are thermostats. We're thermostats. We, we set the temperature of what the room is going to be like. So when you walk into worship and you're not feeling it, guess what? You're not a thermometer. You're a, you're a thermostat. You get to change the temperature of what your worship needs to be like. And the thing is like God is actually attracted to your thirst and to your hunger. And so this morning, you're looking at me, some dude from Christchurch is here like imploring you to kind of like, come on, come on, let's push, let's push. Because I know the power there is when you choose to change your temperature and you choose to, to lift up. We say you are worthy of praise. We say, oh, your name above all names. Are we personifying that? Are we personifying that He is the only way? Because sometimes I come to church and I look around, I'm like, Nah, Jesus is our way. By the way, we're worshiping this morning. Can I say that? Like we literally, if someone from the outside came in, they'd be like, 
Oh, there's another option out there. Because I believe when we come together, particularly on a Sunday, we come and you create an atmosphere of worship that nothing else can recreate. Nothing else. Listening to your CD in your car and having a moment, this beats it. You know why? Because we are all connected. We are all together. And it's not about the music, although it's amazing, Maddie. But it's not about that. It's about you. Turn to your neighbor and say, it's about you. It is literally about, how about this morning, if someone got miraculously healed because we all came together in unity and we declared in the name of Jesus. If we were to declare that. How about if someone got set free from years of addiction? If this morning that could happen because we've just turned it up. You don't need me. You don't need me to, let's go. Right? You don't need me to do that. But the fact this morning that I'm privileged enough to stand here and serve you and host you this morning, I believe it is our job. It is my job this morning to edify you and say, come on, remember what He did. Remember what He did for you. I was talking to Britt this morning, how God saved you from a mighty long way. And just searching, just searching. And come to the space and find connection find home so we sing praise the Father praise the Son come on worship like you've never done before Spirit three and one God of glory majesty praise forever to the King can we hear the ladies sing Sing and praise the Father. Come on, ladies. Forever singing praise forever 
here, there is an anointing. Come on, anointing for healing this morning. So if you're sick, afflicted, in pain this morning, lift up your hand. And we declare and decree in the name of Jesus, healing. Healing in the name of Jesus over you right now. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, you're healing. Come on, if there's pain in your heart right now, you're going through some emotional, relational pain right now. No one else needs to know. I don't need to know. But the Holy Spirit wants to minister to you right now. In Jesus' name, we speak your peace and your healing over what is broken in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. There are people who are afflicted with fear right now in this room. Fear has taken a hold of you. Anxiety has taken over you. You're worried about some things that are pretty big and important to you. God wants you to know that He hears you. And He wants to heal you from fear. So right now, if that's you, just lift up your hand right now. There's fear and anxiety that's taken hold of you right now. In the name of Jesus, we speak the peace and the power of God over you. The Bible says there is no fear in love, but true love casts out all fear. In the name of Jesus, 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 in the name of Jesus. There are people here this morning who suffer from migraines, and it is the thing that that gets you pretty worked up. You can anticipate its arrival, and then when it's on you, you struggle. You cannot do anything, cannot function. Who's that this morning? If that's you, just look. Yeah, yeah, a couple of hands. Yeah. Come on, if you're standing next to our friends this morning, can you, can someone just lay a hand on them and believe in the name of Jesus? In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Father, we pray right now for healing in Jesus name for migraines and we call your body to attention and we speak the word of God and we send the word of God into your body right now in Jesus name and we pray and decree full healing now in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus come on can you agree with me church come on in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus let it be so come on there is no other way there is no other way but Jesus There is no other way that man can be saved but Jesus. Come on, there is no other way for healing but Jesus. Jesus. In Jesus' name. And everybody says, amen, 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 amen. We just gave a tennis clap to Jesus right there and then. Somebody ought to shout in this place. (laughs) Hey. Amen, amen. High five the person sitting next to you and you may be seated in his presence. (laughs) Pastor Dave, um, who was the young guy that was playing drums earlier? Ross. He's he's left to go to... My man. Um, There's a gift of God on your life. I was a drummer in church. How old are you? Fifteen. Okay, I started playing when I was 10. We had church in our lounge at home. My dad's a pastor. And so what that meant that because the church was in our lounge, the gear was set up 
24-7 in our lounge. And I didn't know how to play, but I had a beat. But I just kept practicing. And just seeing you play this morning, I just want to encourage you. There's a gift of God on your life. But you have people in your world right now. Are you part of a band or something? Okay, you're going to attract people in your world who are going to form. Like there's going to be a sound that comes out of your heart of worship. Yeah? And like, yeah, 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 yeah. You need to encourage them because like, you know, being playing in church is not the flashiest thing because often it's incomplete, right? And, you know, any musician will know that is you're kind of just barely making it. And I just want to honor Matt and Ali and, and Pastor Dave and the team here who just like week in, week out serve. Like we can take it for granted. We roll in at like five minutes to 10 and... um and, and it's just like, this didn't just happen. You know, the theories didn't come in overnight and go, <laughs> now people, people, people came in. Um, I don't know what time you guys pack in, but in Christchurch, at 5 to 5 this morning, people who work a normal job sacrificed their sleeping on a Sunday morning to come in and prepare the house for worship. And for me, that is the greatest for young people and not so young people to get out of bed on a Sunday morning, which would normally be for people day off, right? They prioritize the house of God and they come in and they prepare the place. And we're always, we just got to be diligent at tapping them on the shoulder and say, man, thank you so much for preparing the house for worship. So I can come in and bring my friends to come and encounter Jesus in this space. Um, we love these guys. Um, they're great friends of ours. And we've built relationship over the last few years. Um, Pastor Dave and Maya uh, and their family um, are dear, a part of our Christchurch family, but on a greater Equipus family. Just wanted to honor the work that you're doing, growing the house. Strong, right? Yeah, 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 strong. And I love it when, when I, whenever I come or whenever I talk to Dave, I always hear about stories about people. I met Josh at Summer Revolution, and the story behind you, dude, is amazing. Um, I just think God is at work. God is awakening people um, for atheists, hey, Brett, people who didn't believe in God, come from a family who didn't believe in God, and at a moment, because of someone who shared the word with them, prayed for them, turn around. And you're worship leading this morning. Church, on your feet, can we honor our sister this morning? Can we just honor her? Wow. Because you did what you needed to do, another trophy of grace. Thank you. Amazing. Woo! Are you ready to have church this morning? Oh, I'm so excited. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. I'm going to need you to respond, man. Like we're not at a concert. We're not at a concert, all right? I want you to respond like a human being that's passionate about something. This morning, I'm going to speak pretty um, amazingly. But the topic I want to talk about this morning is about reaching the one. And I'm, I'm just so excited that this place is not full. That's exciting. 
I mean, I'm not just preaching to you. I'm preaching to these seats that are covered. I'm preaching so that at the end of this, you're going to feel like, oh my gosh, I have something to offer Timaru. I have something to offer to Greater Canterbury. I have something to offer New Zealand. I have something to offer the world. How interesting is it that we have all come from different places? Look around you. Can you wonder for a minute how we get to be here? Like, I was born in Fiji. Lived in Tauranga. A little bit in Wellington. Christchurch for the last 12 years. This morning, I'm in Timaru. Just think for yourself for a minute. How did I get here? Right? Like, how... Maybe someone made a decision and as a family, you guys moved to New Zealand. Maybe you came from another town or another city. And you find yourself here. And we're all here. This morning, at 10.53 a.m. on a Sunday morning in Timaru. God has a word for you. God has a word for you today. And I love how what Pastor Sam declared over Equipus Churches from the start of the year. You know what? Wouldn't it be amazing if in five years... Equipus churches, we were reaching 100,000 people. Some of you are like, hmm. Here's the thing. You don't have to talk to 100,000 people. The thing is, <laughs> you talk to one. You get to talk to one. Can I share a testimony that's fresh from last week? So, um, truth be told, I preached this in Christchurch last week. So hopefully I'll be better this morning. Because it's had a week to marinate. Um, so we had our morning service. And we had just a little over 200 in our service. And uh, preached this word. And on the Sunday night, we weren't going to have a service. But we were going to have our international dinner. Right? So normally on a Sunday night, we'd get about 70 people come to church. And they're usually people who work night shift, are available on Sunday night, blah, blah, blah. So it wasn't going to be a service. And what was amazing, the team just prayed throughout the week and said, God, we want to reach just one person. What I loved was that 178 people turned up to dinner on Sunday night. And it was just dinner. But here's the cool thing about it, is that people invited one person to come. Just one person. And I was like, I was like a kid in a candy store. I was walking around going, how did you come here? Who brought you here? And they were just sharing their stories about their friend who for three years had been trying to invite them to church. Three years, right? This one girl who's been in like primary school, intermediate, high school now with one of our girls. And she's like, you know what? Oh, she just kept asking. So I thought, dinner, free dinner. I'm going to go, Right? Do you know, people don't need a service to encounter Jesus. People don't need to be in worship to encounter Jesus. It could happen on the playground, on the school bus, on an airplane. We've got people sitting in our church today because of a conversation that happened this way on an airplane. And are, and are, and are saved and are in church. 
David gave his heart to the Lord on the plane because he had a need. And here's the thing. He was afraid of flying. And he sat next to me. And I had, I've got background in airlines. So I'm like, I got you, man. Had noise-canceling headphones because takeoff and landing is pretty stressful for him. It's like, you can wear this today. Started a conversation about fear. And what happens, I mean, like when people present you with like, I have a fear of flying. Yes, you do. But there's other things. Right? And so often people like just reveal what is palatable for you in the time so you don't think they're weird. Right? And they just expose a little something. Oh, I'm an introvert. Mm, Right. Tell me about that. Often these are things. So this guy, right? So fear of flying, here's the thing. His granddad died on an airplane when he was five years old. So whenever he walks onto an aircraft, he's like, this must be it. Right? So he's somehow in his mind, he's kind of, this whole plane sound for him was just like, oh, this might be it for me. And so that was broken on that one-hour flight from Auckland to Christchurch. Right? And he's sitting in church now, and people are like, how did you come to church? And he's like, I took a flight. And this is how it happened. I took a flight, and God changed my life. Now, that's just my story. You have your own stories of just how maybe for three years you've been asking someone, you might want to come to church with me. Or you might say, hey, we've got this barbecue thing happening. Do you want to come? Like, we, I want to say, if you've done that before, it's time to do it again. If you've given up, it's time to go again. All right. Let's go into the Word. <laughs> Some of you are like, is he going to open the Bible? It's open already. <laughs> it's just kind of... All right, turn with me to Matthew chapter 5. <laughs> this is cool. This is a well-known piece of Scripture. If you're familiar, if you've been around church for ages, uh, you're going to be familiar with this. I'm going to read this from the NLT translation. We'll read right through to verse 16, okay? Um, so from verse 3 of Matthew chapter 5, are you ready? All right, it says this. God blesses those who are poor and realize their need of him, for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. God blesses those who mourn, for they will be comforted. God blesses those who are humble, for they will inherit the whole earth. God blesses those who hunger and thirst for justice, for they will be satisfied. God blesses those who are merciful, for they will be shown mercy. God blesses those whose hearts are pure, for they will see God. God blesses those who work for peace, for they will be called the children of God. God blesses those who are persecuted for doing right. The kingdom of heaven is theirs. God blesses you when people mock you and persecute you and lie about you and say all sorts of evil things against you because you are my followers. Turn to your neighbor and say, be happy. Be happy, the Bible says. Be happy for it. Actually, be very glad. For a great reward awaits you in heaven. And remember, the ancient prophets were persecuted in the same way. And then he goes on to say, Jesus says this. You are the salt of the earth. But what good is salt if it loses its flavor? Who's had a meal that hasn't had salt? Mm. 
especially if it's like a roast, like it's taken like hours to prepare and cook, and when it arrives at the table, interesting, <laughs> interesting. Flip that, a Christian that loses his saltiness. Interesting. Yeah, like, mm, yeah, you've been marinating for a while, but interesting, right? Interesting. I think that's a polite way the world would kind of call sort of Christians who are like, yeah. Oh, it's a lovely person. Lovely person. Great heart. Interesting. Interesting. It's like walking around with a power plug. And not knowing where to plug in. I've got the power, but I just need I just need somewhere to plug in. <laughs> I'll move on. <laughs> We're gonna have fun. We're gonna have fun. Can you make it salty again? Is the question. No, it will be thrown out and trampled underfoot and worth as worthless. Ever had people take you for granted and just say to you, thank you? but no thanks. Like, it's just, it doesn't add any flavor to their lives. Go, Jesus goes on, he says, you are the light of the world. Like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. No one lights up a lamp and puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone so that everyone can you repeat it after me everyone the, the result of living salt and light is that everyone <laughs> will praise your father in heaven your heavenly father in the same way when you live like that in the same way everyone you're not just a good person, but you bring flavor, right? And, and there's this light about you. There's this, there's this light that's radiating from inside of you that's not happiness. Because happiness is dependent. Happiness is like a thermometer. Oh, I got a new pair of shoes. I'm happy. Oh, I had some Maccas. I'm happy. Yeah, I had a coffee. I'm happy. That's dependent on what the external things that you've ingested or whatever you put on yourself, happiness. But I want to talk about joy this morning. Too many Christians are walking around town looking like they've been baptized in vinegar. I work, like my background in service history has been, is, is, is pretty big. I've trained people uh, in the area of service. And one thing we always say to people is, you need to watch your resting face. Yeah? Um, next time you, you go on an airplane, you watch the crew. Because you'll find those that are very intentional about their resting face. There are others that aren't. I want to say there are Christians walking around with a prolonged resting face. We giggle, it's true. So, so, I want to bring that to challenge us this morning is that there are people who are looking at your light. 
When we have our resting face on, we've got a basket over our heads. Like, you're genuine. You are, you're the real deal. But something is hiding you. And sometimes we use it to protect ourselves. <laughs> I just don't want anyone to persecute me. I don't want anyone to call me out on some stuff. How many know it's really good to be called out? It's good to be challenged. It's good to be told, oh, but Christians aren't meant to do that. People get offended. But what we should do is like, true. I'm sorry, I'm going to change now and be the real authentic salt and light that Jesus has called me to. So often, so the resting face, right? Sometimes I catch myself out. Because there are times when people are in front of me, people leave. Flip, man. I'm just, it's so hard right now. Life is so hard. Ever wondered when you go to the supermarket? Anyone working the supermarket here? No? Oh, yeah. Put your hand up. Um, service is a hard thing. It's because you're wanting the customer to feel at home in your shop. And so you're often... Hey, welcome. Nice to see you. How's your day? Cool. Good. Next. Hi, good morning. How you doing? Nice to see you. Yeah, it's very good. Yeah. Hi, can you imagine working a four-hour shift of... And you get home, and all home gets is the leftover. You better be lucky I'm home. Right? Like if you had a, a day with people, and you get home... Dare I say, like for believers, we forget that our first responsibility is in our home. Mom and Dad, I'm speaking to you right now. You've had a big day. You've worked a massive shift. At home, I have a service station that's about two kilometers from my house. That is my change your face point. Change your attitude because you're going home place. So I was mentored. I didn't know this. So I got told there has to be a, pl a place, a point on your way home where you decide, God, I give you my day. Right now, I'm going home to be husband and father. Help me, Jesus. That's it. Right? So I go home, and so I'm back. I'm lit up again. I'm shining now. So my day does not dictate how my family are going to receive me. It's, it's that point. So it's the Z service station in Belfast, Christchurch. That's my place. That's why I leave my bag. I don't pick it up the next day. I say, Holy Spirit, please, can you serve as that? And, and when I go to work the next day, one, my head is clear. And God's given me new wisdom for how to handle what I just dropped there. So when I get home, I don't do this well all the time. My wife's like, you didn't do it. It's like, oh, give me a break, man. You didn't do it. Because what I got was the dregs of your day. I want to challenge you. What would your home be like if you had a place where you just go, I'm deciding now. What if you had a place where you'd come? This be the place, the altar. That you come and go, man, God, like in those moments of worship, we're just like, that's my place. So if you were to leave the way you walked in, 
come on, how about this be the place where you could say, God, man, I've got a tough week ahead of me before I enter into Monday. I want to leave it here. I want this to be the place because I want to go and shine bright. I don't want to lose my saltiness. Do you know, Cooper's Church, we're about equipping people for life through faith in Jesus Christ. So Sunday, our task is to equip you to do life, right? So we're not here to just like, all good, okay, bye. This is about preparing you for your Monday. Sunday is about preparing you because we are all ministers. Touch your name and say, you're a minister. I fulfill a role as a pastor. So does Pastor Dave. But we are all ministers. If you were to, to say, oh, I'm just a kids leader at, at church, then you're not a kids leader. We're not doing our job. Because a kids leader, you transfer that into your week. Right? Oh, I'm, a, I'm just a youth leader on Friday nights. Interesting. Right? No, 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 you're not. This is your life. Everywhere you go, you are representing the heart of the kingdom of God through equippers. So you are an equipper, right? So not just take, 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 feed me till I overflow. It's about the overflow into your week. My wife, she's a teacher. She works with a lot of teachers who are unbelievers. Do you know these, these so she leads a team of four, four ladies that she's handpicked. None of them are Christians. But they're more tight with her. They're more honest with her than any of the other friends. So we have them at home for dinner. My wife, if you know, she's extremely extroverted. But she carries the gift of teacher. So when she teaches, you can't stop her. When she talks about the Bible or about her favorite subject. She's got kids who've come from regional Canterbury, who've come to this school, and are beginning to love learning again. So that's amazing as teachers, right? When you can ignite the passion for learning. So here's the thing. She doesn't see herself as an evangelist. Although she's a really good one. So all she does is she brings flavor. She flavors the life of her friends. So things like significant dates, she remembers them. And they, these guys are crazy. They celebrate birthdays, right? My wife's just celebrated a significant birthday. Mm, I'll be dead if I told you the number. Ah. But her mates decided that they were going to have a party for her at school and included the whole school and the principal. They celebrated. Now, she didn't tell them to do it. They found out. I got a call. And they did it. So all the kids would just say to her, we love it how you make us feel like a real person. Right? And then parents come in bringing gifts. Like, isn't it amazing that they say, my kid was on the last, like the last leg about schools all over Canterbury. Come here and they've seen a new thing happen. Come on, what if the people in your world said that about you? It doesn't matter where you are. You could be a mum at home, but what about playgroup? What about playdates? What about 
coffee with other mums. You might be a mechanic. You're like, I don't have time, man. I'll just get in the morning and... You got to have lunch, right? You got to eat. And there's those opportunities that God can use us as ministers to share the love of Jesus to people. Often the idea of telling someone about Jesus is just hectic. Unless you've done a DTS or, you know, you've been to like YWAM and you've been taught in a discipleship school on how to, how to get someone saved. Hands up if you're confident to get someone saved right now. If I were to say to you, I'm going to put a, a new Christian in front of or someone. Yep. So not everybody, right? So what does it mean for us to, to literally share the gospel? See, we start from there. We forget that we're going to start from here. So we say this thing in Christchurch, it's about winning souls. Winning souls, that's all you got to do. You got to reach one. How do you reach one? Shut them lunch. Take them out to the movies. Oh, but it's like, it's going to take ages. Yeah, God, God's sovereign, right? God will do it whenever he wants to. But the exercise, the process is about you. God wants that person saved. Do you think God wants that person saved? Yeah. But does God want to use you? Yeah. God wants to use you. Right? A tree could talk to them. The stones could talk to them. The sky could talk to them. But God's like, yeah, nah. I want you to talk to them. I want you to show his love toward them. How many think that's like a, that's like a, that's that, I can do that. I could win someone to Jesus. Um, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, that wasn't rhetorical. So give me a wave. I think I just want to build faith this morning. I want to build your heart towards people who need Jesus. Here's the other thing. There's the, there's the camp where people don't know nothing about Jesus. And then, then those people, potentially in church as well, who've been hurt and just need space to kind of figure this out. Do you know our church? It's got a few people in it who've come from places and have been hurt by people, hurt by words. And they just need us to be salt and light, even within the house itself. It's people who have come with their hurt and pain, and we're saying to them, it's okay, you're welcome here. Because the church is like a hospital. People come broken, battered, bruised. People pregnant with a dream, but literally can be pregnant as well. Right? And so what we do is we nurse people to strength. And as equippers churches, what we're doing is we're kind of like, yeah, well, you're strong now. You can go out into the world and go forth, multiply. We get to replicate what the kingdom should look like here on earth. It's real simple. Be someone who's full of flavor. Be someone who's nice to be around. Yes. Interesting. <laughs> Interesting. And then, so once you've won a soul, like literally winning a soul is them agreeing with you that you're a nice person. That's how you win someone over. When we say winning souls in church circles, people are like, oh, it's a gospel message. Nah, it's literally get them to be your friend. Some of us, we've got people in our world who are close to us but far from God. They're your first mission field because they already love you. So the second thing is how do you make a disciple? How do you make disciples of people? It's by sharing your own story. 
Often, the minute you like bring your Bible to like coffee, how many know people freak out? It's like, oh, I didn't think this is going to be that kind of coffee, right? Because people are so like, they're done with sales pitches and the Bible will speak for itself. They want to hear how real you are. They want to feel that you're a real person who really understands when the hits the, who are you? Because here's the thing. They've been watching you at work. They've been watching you on the rugby field. They've been watching you on the soccer field. They've been watching you doing your life. And because you've won them over, now you have the right to share your story. So that's, that's the whole deal is you actually we reach one not by standing on the street corner, although that there's a place for that back in the day. Right. There's, there's, there's a place and a time to share the gospel publicly. But how many know God works with the one-on-one? And you win more people that way. You could win one person to Christ once a month. That's the reality of this. You could win someone over once a month. By the end of the year, you've got how many? You have 12 disciples. Now, you have 12 people that you've just won over. and you, You have the ability now to have them in a small group and share the gospel together. It's that simple. So often as Christians, we just think this is so complicated. How am I going to? If Jesus said just love people, it's that simple. Love people. And then he will do the rest. Here's the thing. You're working on the exterior. God's working on the interior. Because I'm sure there'll be you know, people in this room now who are saying, oh, I went to this crusade. But how many know God's been working on you since maybe you were five years old? And you think you, that's that moment you responded and like, oh, yes, it, it happened. But you've had a praying grandmother. You've had a praying friend. You've had a praying bus driver. You've had a, right? There's been people in your world and you've arrived at a place and you have to remember the sovereign hand of God. And you will see his fingerprints all over your life. What could have, should have hurt you. What could have, should have taken you out. All of these things by the grace of God. And you get to this moment where you have a Damascus, Damascus Road moment. It was like being lights. I, I see clearly. But God has been part of your life ever since. That's what we need to share to people. Not in a freakish way. Because I don't want you to be weird. Not don't freak, don't freak people out with the whole, oh, thus say of the Lord. No, 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 just, just real talk. This is what God did for me. And, you know, the most powerful testimony is when we can be vulnerable. When you could tell them actually something that you did wrong. You know, when we go today, when you go to a job interview, they'll tell you. Um, tell us of a time when you made the biggest mistake of your life. And people get freaked out by that. See, the world is wanting to see whether you're the real deal or not. People want to employ people who are real. So it's okay to say I did this and I was wrong, but this is what I learned. So today is all about you've made a mistake. I've seen the error of my way. I've changed my behavior, and this is where I'm now because of it. Isn't that the grace of God? Like we were all saved from our mess and some people, you know, every now and then dip into the mess. Like, no, no, God saved you. 
And if, you, and if you're here this morning and you find yourself, you keep dipping into the mess. That's called foot in both camps. Because if you've really encountered Jesus, your life will be changed forever. I mean, there'll be moments where the enemy's going to fire arrows at you. But you could just, right? Because you see it coming. The enemy does not creep up on you and go, boop. You could see him coming. And your friends, they need to hear that story of just how vulnerable you've been. And without Jesus, because people appreciate who we are. People love Christians because they're loving. They're not paid to be good. They're just good for nothing. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> right? Like we, who does that? It's only people that received real love that get to do that. And he's, he's, just, a, he's just another thing. Is, is often our values, we need to know what we stand for. There are too many Christians who are like, because we want popular culture to agree with, you know, with us. Where if you're on Instagram, so often it's about the... It's about the gram. It's about the, oh, who's going to like my picture? And we, <laughs> ugh, that's a real person right there. We live our lives. Well, there are people in our world who live their lives based on the amount of likes they get. So no longer are we interested in having a relationship. We just want someone to tap a button. And we feel happy about that. Come on, as the church, can we encourage one another to be authentic? Can we encourage one another not to just give a token like? Can we really have a conversation with each other? Because how else will the world know that we are followers of Jesus? By the way, we love each other. People get confused in Christchurch because I call everyone brother if you're a bloke. So there was this guy from Melbourne that came, African from Uganda with, you know, Julius with the Watoto kids. Turns up, I introduce him. I say, he's my brother, Julius. Everybody thought Julius was Fijian. Or maybe I was African. I was like, oh, wow. Oh, I see how that is. You know, like, but how would it be if we were to meet on the street, right? And I was just like, oh, hi. Um, it's my brother. Right? Like my friends are often when I meet, when I'm with my friend and I, you know, someone from church turns up and I say it's my brother or my sister, they're like, but she's Asian. I said, yeah, we're family. Right? We're family. We've been adopted. This is my adopted sister. This is my adopted brother. Because our language has to reflect what's going on in here. If you're reluctant, it's going to come out. Right? If you're fearful, if you're like a bit stingy with your love, it is going to come out. People have this BS kind of meter and they can see you from a mile away. I'm, I'm speaking to the church this morning. Like there are too many casualties out there because Christians have just dropped the ball. And we need to be an authentic house. That's what I love about Equippers. We have, I can literally, we can literally vouch for it. We are best friends with all of our pastor friends. 
We hang out. And we don't just like, we're not just acquaintances. We literally make time. I call about five of my pastor friends on a Monday morning on my way to work. Hey man, how you doing? How's church? How's your family? And I get the same. How was that? Right? So you're not just work colleagues. When, when there's, there's this association that happens, you become like family. What would it be if you were to, one, change the way you speak about each other? Because, man, I've been brought up in the church all my life. I know stuff happens. Right? Oh, man, we can talk behind closed doors. Lord have mercy. Pillow talk, what? Pillow talk happens. If you're not married, this is what married people do. Get in the bed and just to unwind. Oh, it's okay. I've just got to get this off my chest. Did you see what they were wearing today? <laughs> can I be honest? Did you see what they said? Did you see how they did that? That's pillow talk. So now you're transferring your offense to your spouse. Right? You get up the next morning, you get in front of the Holy Spirit, He convicts you, you change your heart, but you've just shared the poison. <laughs> so now you're walking free, and your wife's like, <sighs> there she is, there he is. Hey, because it happens here, I, I just want to say, it happens, and if that's you, stop it. Stop it now. The message is dependent on your testimony. If you're into gossip and you're like, I was just sharing truthfully. No, you're not. You're gossiping. That's how the enemy gets us. As we get on our high horse and we're like, yeah, I can talk about that because Jesus saved me. Well, guess what? You're in the mud again. Time to get cleansed, right? So your values need to change. The fact that in Matthew 5, it talks about blessed are the poor in spirit. So literally taking on, God doesn't want us to be poor, right? God wants us to live in abundance, but in, in, in your need of him, because how many know poor people need stuff? So if we were to take on that, I am poor in spirit, I need Jesus to transform my heart. Right? It's if we were to live our lives thinking, man, I, I might have a big house, but man, I need Jesus. I'm going to drive a flash car, but man, I need Jesus. I might have lots of friends, but man, I need Jesus. Right? So, so no matter what area of, of life you come from, if the Bible dictates your values, then a lot of people will be attracted to it because it's Jesus' words. Hmm. Not just your values, because values can be an internal thing. But how about our behaviors? We talked about that. Can you change something in your life today? Is there something about you that could change? Is there some behaviors that you could just go, you know what, That's, I should stop that. But often in church, we get convicted and we don't say anything about it. So we're not accountable. Who's part of an e-group? If you're not, 
You can sign up in the foyer after church. It is important for you to be part of an e-group. Equipus is about a place of belonging, right? Church is about a place of belonging. We're a community. And so you need to belong. And so one way of, of, of us doing this is encouraging people, come on, that is our primary pastoral care place. Because if you talk to a pastor, if, if someone in our church came and was like, oh, I need this. It's like, oh, whose e-group are you in? And they'd be like, oh, um, no. Okay. You need to be part of an e-group because church is going to grow and I want you to be cared for by someone other than me. Right? So we have to scale this. So if you're not involved in an e-group, please, please make it your priority today. Don't be one of those hearers and not doers. Like, it is important. It is vital. I run an e-group as a pastor, but it's not involved around me. My guys minister to me. That's the power of community, right? So, so here's the thing. So moment of revelation, blah, happens. I now need to tell someone about it. And who's perfect to tell is someone that I've walked with during the week at e-group. And I've become accountable, right? It's nothing like scary or anything. It's just like, I need you to check me on this, right? How's my language? How's my tone? Because you can speak, but what are you saying? Right? Service people will be like, how many people know it's like, greetings. Good morning. Or, good morning. There's a tone, right? Good morning. Good morning. There's a tone. So every time you speak, you're communicating. If you're hosting people, man, watoto. So they say, they've, man, they've been around hundreds of thousands of people. They know when something's not real. They've been through rejection. They've been through separation. They've been through ridicule. They've been through all of that. So when they come to churches, they literally can pick up if you're, if you're authentic or not. If you say you really love them or not. If you're really excited about them or not. Julia said that to me, and I'm like, oh my gosh. That is so true. But imagine, people literally, after meeting with you, what do they say? Do I feel lighter? Do I feel heavy? Do I feel like I've got your worries with the stuff that I carried into this coffee? Or do they feel like there's an opportunity? Do you know, prayer, prayer is one of those gifts that we can offer people who are not of faith. People want, people want an answer to their needs. And so you're like, this is how you could say it. You know, I just believe in the power of prayer. I believe in the name of Jesus, and he's able to help you. I would like to pray for you. Would you be open to that? Guess what they'll say? Yes. Please, I want this pain to be gone. Yes, please. I mean, what person that's experiencing pain in their life will say, nah, thank you, I'm just going to go back with this one. Right? But just in that moment, the Holy Spirit will speak to you about them and say, pray now. That's why it's important to be listening into the Holy Spirit. It's to hear when he says, okay, zip it now, man. Let me work, let me work, let me work. Okay, now, offer them another coffee. Hey, you want another coffee? I'd love another coffee. Sweet, man, I got time. Start to talk. By the end of your coffee, 
You've just won them over. And they're ready to encounter Jesus. How many people that Jesus healed and miracles and stuff were just on the way? And sometimes we hang on to Sunday to be the day where that's the only day that God works. So you got to come to church because that's the only day. Now he will work on your way out to the supermarket. If you're listening in, he will say to you, smile at that person. Tell them they're an awesome parent. Sometimes it's weird. It's like it doesn't make sense in your head. But it makes sense. Because how many know God sees the start and the finish of someone's life? And you're just another checkpoint. And, but you're going to do your job. And you're just going to love them because you're being obedient to what God's saying. Yeah? Reach one. What does that look like? It's just loving somebody. One person. We're not all Billy Grahams. Although some people will say that's really amazing. I'm just interested in reaching one. I know there are still people in my world that Billy Graham cannot reach. Well, not anymore now. But his ministry, right? There are people that Pastor Reinhard Bonnke cannot reach. But you can. And so we often think, if I could just get them into an environment. God wants to use you. God wants to use you to reach these people. Can I get the muses up? God wants to use you to reach these people. Because the world is so full of different values and ideas. And all they want is something real. It's a wonder why people have gone organic, starting to eat organic again. Because they don't want any additives. They don't want this, a little bit of this, a little bit of that. They want the real deal. And so when they come to church, they, without realizing that we're all a work in progress, I just want to, I want to, see, I want to see what it looks like to be a finished work. So as far as they're concerned, you're a finished work. No pressure. But we know that God's still doing a work. Right? Stand with me. See, if the kingdom is going to invade Timaru, it is going to happen through you. The kingdom of God works when the people of God understand what they need to do. And it's just loving. Loving people. Loving the people that God has given you, being good stewards of your family. So checking out your culture at home, checking out how you're loving each other at home. This is, I'm, I'm speaking out of my own experience, is you can love other people really well and, and neglect your own family. You could have patience with everybody else and not your very own. I just wanna challenge you this morning. How about this morning? Making a decision and saying, God, today, in this moment, I wanna encounter your presence and I wanna change my behavior and I wanna change my values or if they're a bit skewed, I want to change my values this morning. I want it to be the value of the kingdom. If it might mean for you to do some study around Matthew chapter 5. And just, because what Jesus does is it takes the values of this world, what the world sees as important, and he flips it on his head. He says things like, you want to be great? Serve. You want to rule the world? Serve the world. That's how the church would make a difference in our world 
is when we begin to serve. So every eye closed, every head bowed. Just in this moment, give you the opportunity. Come on. If you've identified in your life, maybe there's fear about reaching out. God wants to remove that fear off you and that shame off you. Maybe you feel like, man, I've stuffed up so many times. God's not going to want to use me. Lies. God wants to use you. He wants to use a broken vessel because it means that the scars that you bear from your past, He's going to use that to highlight His grace. He's going to use that. God wants to use you. And so you might think, man, uh, but I don't know 10 people. That's fine. Just know one person. And so for this morning, come on, I want to speak to fear this morning. There's so much fear cripples people in our churches. Fear this morning. Now, all you got to do is respond and saying, God, I have fear in my life. And here's the thing. The power of being part of a church family is you get to learn how to strengthen your faith. You get to learn how to share your faith because you're part of a faith community like this. So if that's you, can I just see your hand as an activation of faith this morning? God, I have a fear of witnessing to people because I'm afraid they'll see the real me. I believe this morning God wants to touch your life and transform your life right now in the name of Jesus. Father, I thank you for faith that's been stretched out to you right now. Holy Spirit, I thank you that you are our teacher. You lead us into truth. And so for my friends this morning who are so brave to acknowledge, man, God, I need you right now. So God, Father, we speak to fear, that fear would leave you now in Jesus' name, that there'll be a holy boldness that'll come upon you, but not one that will just be too explosive, that'll mess things up, but one that is palatable, one is this full of flavor, one is just laced with His grace, that'll be yours right now in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. How about I'm going to speak to people who uh, just probably during this last few minutes, you've, you've had a desire in your heart to be able to share the gospel. If that's you, just give me a wave. You have a desire. I, a, I see this person in my head and I really want to share with them because I feel like they're ready. Yeah, if that's you. Yeah, 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 yeah. I want to pray for you this morning. Father, I thank you for an opportunity this week, this week to love this person, an opportunity this week to tell them that they are loved by you, an opportunity this week to put some salt in their life so that's flavorsome. I thank you, Holy Spirit, is by your power at work in us that we're going to reach out beyond the boundaries that we see. In Jesus' name, thank you for confidence right now. In Jesus' name, for those of you that just lift up your hands in that prayer, believe God for an opportunity, but can you? Plot a plan. Just put a plan in place. Just be ready. If this person this week said to me, ah, hey, let's have lunch. That is your cue. That is your cue. Be looking out for these cues. Holy Spirit is now going to set you up with an opportunity. So just love them. Just love them. All right, I want to speak to a third group of people who maybe in the last 10 years have not had the opportunity to lead someone to Jesus. In the last 10 years, that kind of takes all of us, eh? Like personal. I'm not saying from a, from a platform. I'm saying in the last 10 years, you haven't had the privilege of being able to share the gospel and, 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 and get someone over. 
put your hand up in the last 10 years you can honestly say I have not won one person over to Jesus but with your hand up this is a desire that you want to see that you want to break that record right you want to break that record. Now, the fear that the enemies keep telling you is like, well, you didn't go to Bible college. You don't even know your Bible. You're just a new Christian. I want to break that hold over you right now in Jesus' name. Keep your hand up. Keep your hand up. Feel it. Feel it right now in Jesus' name. I'm going to speak and declare over your life that you're going to have the opportunity and the faith inside of you to study and be diligent about the love of Jesus and the Word of God that you could just go and start sowing seed out in the places that you are. Think about the place that you will go to tomorrow. That is your mission field. And God is going to give you the opportunity in the next few days to be on display. Keep your hand up in the name of Jesus. Right now, I speak over you. Woo! Confidence and the ability to articulate the gospel and the love and the grace of Jesus. And I pray that you be disciples who are being sent out to cast out your net and bring them in. And I pray that you be the very people who will gather people in this house. And I pray that you're the very people who are going to have the privilege of doing this. Watch me. Here's your seat. That you will carry this. And I play this, this mantle over you. You're going to gather people in this house and there's going to be an explosive growth. I'm speaking to you now. I'm praying that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you're going to get it and you're going to have their privilege. I saw it prophetically right now. You're going to uncover the seats and you're just going to gather people. Now, this is where the gift over the house, the gift of God, you can put your hands down now. But we're a body of Christ. Right. You are gifted in such a way to minister to people within the four walls. This place is not the same without you. Turn to your neighbor and say, it's not the same without you. If you're a visitor in this place, welcome home. You just arrived. But you're a part of something bigger than just Timaru. You've got family in Christchurch. You've got family in Dunedin. Come on, you've got family down the road. Too many churches are trying to compete with each other. Interesting. Right. You're something, you're part of something bigger. You're not just stuck. You're not just in a small regional city. You're part of something bigger. And if you keep thinking, woe is me, that's what you're going to aim for. But if you think, man, God, your heart is for Timaru and the greater region. I have a part to play to fill the house of God because anything's healthy it will grow it must grow that is the byproduct of healthy things you expect your baby to grow right isn't it amazing parents you buy them a pair of like booties or whatever in like three months next week can't fit them anymore because a healthy thing grows some people want to keep people as babies you can't stay as a baby. You have to get strong. You have to go from milk. You got to go from mashed food. You got to start chewing your own food. And I wanted that the Pastor Dave and, and man, the leadership of this church, begin to feed a church that wants some steak. And, and if this was a place we could be honest with each other, 
Some here to edify you, to encourage you. Man, keep going. We're cheering for you. We're praying for you. We're committed to you. But we're not alone. We know that because you're here. How else will the world know that we are followers of Jesus but by the way we love each other? So be salt and light this week. Be salt and light. Enough salt that it adds flavor. Don't be too exposed where you lose your saltiness and it's just trash. Be flavorful. And imagine if I'm just one person and my light, I'm just one light. Imagine this. If I came and stood with you and imagine us on a hill, we're a city on a hill now. Right? If you'd imagine your workmate who's sitting there on the drums and he's watching us, pretty hard to miss, right? We're a city on the hill. Turn to your name and say, we're a city on the hill. We are a city on the hill. You better, you better declare that. Who said that? Do it, Josh. Can we, come on, can we just say that? We're a city on the hill. We're no longer this little light of mine. I'm going to let it shine. We're a city on the hill. Can you feel it? Something's just changing the atmosphere right now. We are a city on the hill. You are not some little candle that's going to get blown away because we're next to you. We're shielding you. Together, our light shines in the city. Together, together. That's, that's part of our values. Can we all lift up our hands? <laughs> I want to pray for you. Father, I pray in the name of Jesus over my family here. And we pray over our kids as they're in kids' church right now. And those who belong to this house and are not here. I thank you for a season of hunger and thirst after your righteousness. I thank you for a season of desiring greater things from you. I thank you for a deeper cleansing. I thank you for power at work in your people. That our worlds will change in the name of Jesus. If you believe with me, agree, say amen. 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 Can we give God a a big shout? City on the hill. City on the hill city on the hill in Jesus name.